I've never mentioned We're this recording. before because I could just. Uh, we are. Oh dear. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dedicated Nerds Podcast, episode number thirteen. I'm Rob Fiorentino, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Carney. Hello, Carney. Hello. And hello, Dave. Good day, all. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm alive. Good. If you don't manage to kill me. <laughs> That's it. I'll try not to. <laughs> How are you doing, Dave? I'm being controlled by the what's good for this Fortnite stuff, and so I'm fine. Excellent. Well, we all look forward to hearing what it is that's controlling you. We'll get to that in a, in a little bit. But let's start with some follow-up Uh Carney, tell me how you're doing with your uh, bright light bulbs. Love them. I've ordered some more. Um, My goal is to have this entire house lit up like a burning (laughs) building (laughs) at almost no electricity cost. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, It's a beautiful thing, a dream we can all aspire to. No, but in all seriousness, I've I've gotten okay to get contact lenses in my right eye, and I've had the first few trials with that. And between that and the the good lighting from leds i'm i'm actually going to be able to read books again oh that's wonderful you know without getting splitting headaches and having to use a magnifying glass or you know other such inconveniences is it too personal to ask why the the contacts are better than glasses i'm i'm interested in the optics of what's going on more than anything really well okay the, the I mean, obviously, I'm concerned about you and your health. I understand. That goes without saying, but... (laughs) Yes, yes, of course it does. I mean, simply because you enjoy watching me cough up my lungs. (laughs) That doesn't completely isolate. Yeah, that's different. It's different. different. Come on. (laughs) Anyway, according to the optometrist that did the fittings for the, the first try at the contacts, is that what I've got with my current state of my cornea is I've got a kind of a ridge around the outside of my eye, which is the scar from the transplant. And then mm-hmm. the, the the lens part is actually a little bit flat underneath it. So it's, it's sort of like, think of it like a, a really shallow crater. So the, mm-hmm. the, the challenge is fitting a contact lens over that such that it the optics, you know, aren't weird and it will stay seated. The The contact lens I've got is about twice the size of what I consider a normal contact lens. So it kind of, it, it, it like forces Bridges. your eyeball to be in a certain shape? No, I'm no. I'm misunderstanding it, it. I'm sure it, when I listen back to this and edit it, I'll be like, come on, idiot, understand this. But I'm, <laughs> right now I don't understand it. No, no, no. I mean, it's, it's, I had to have it explained to me and I'm the, the victim here is that the, 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 <laughs> if you think of that crater analogy, the crater actually rises above the, the lens part. So what you, what you don't have, you, you don't have a flat curved surface or even just a flat surface and as the contact lens actually bridges over and there's a space behind it that then gets filled up with the fluid in your eyes to form a, a actual continuous oh. me, you know oh. optical medium so it's like so it like so the the liquid is actually becoming essentially part of the lens yes yes 
Interesting. Well, that's really cool. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I've apparently got seriously. I mean, you you guys knew this. I've got seriously messed up eyes. So, but yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, I, they've I got a really I'm good impressed. optometrist, and he, he he viewed he viewed my presence as a challenge. It's like, oh, not nice. not yeah, you know, not not these boring old glasses. I get to do something interesting, Com- complete with mad scientist tackling. Right. He's like the house of optometrists, huh? <laughs> He's, he's, so he's he's always saying he's not lupus. He's just got bad eyes. <laughs> well, I share I share your interest in in. I mean, I have obvious. I don't know. You know, I I know you know this. Our audience doesn't know it. Um, I also have. I have. Uh, I, I when I was thirty years ago, I had a detached retina, so I have I have eye issues in my left eye, and I, I have a blind spot in the very center. And so I'm I'm very interested in the optics of the eye and how that all works. So that's thank you for sharing that. <sighs> More beer. <laughs> Easy now. Breathe. Stay with <laughs> I us. I wish I could breathe. That's both, the problem. <laughs> so if you guys are wondering, uh, both Carney and Dave both have uh, respiratory afflictions, sore throats at the at the very least. So uh, uh, you, you, I'm going to try to milk a uh, milk as much. Uh, out of these guys as I can, but uh, bear with us, please. <laughs> exactly. All right. I want to hear about the first thing I want to hear about is the Presto Pizza at Pizzazz Plus, which I think everyone who's listening should go on the internet and search for Presto Pizzazz Plus to see this wonder of science. Dave, tell us about what it is you've ordered but haven't received yet. Oh no! Um, I have it. I have. Oh, not you do! A, oh my I, gosh! I have not unboxed it. It was a Christmas present that was given to me, and uh, I brought it home and realized that I don't have anything to use on it. So it still it still remains in the box. But uh, really, what we need to do is uh, have a guest uh, who we you know the the gentleman we call Lufa. Mm-hmm. Who, uh, have him go into details about how wonderful it is, but it's it's a rotating plate of metal that there's a heating element above and below that covers about I don't know ten degrees of the circle at any given time. I'd say more thirty degrees, but yeah. Well, the heat of it might spread out to thirty, but it's it looks like a narrow narrow band to me. And uh, anyway, he he went. At, on at some length about how awesome this was. And so I put it on my wish list. And then uh, this Christmas we had a, a gift exchange and someone saw my wish list and they said, wow, that would be so awesome to get. <laughs> so I have it, but it's, it's, it hasn't even been taken out of the box because I, I don't have any pizza. I don't have any frozen stuff to try on it so it will well, we'll have to bring it up get some it. frozen stuff <laughs> yeah it's i mean i look forward to using this thing especially in my house that doesn't have an oven or a kitchen but um in my current situation is probably going to get pretty minimal use so yeah looking at that thing it, uh, it looks to me like a a a device for conveniently causing personal injury. <laughs> well, well, I mean, it's basically a, a rotating hot, a rotating thing that gets hot that's then left out in the open for anybody, anybody to, you know, injure themselves with. 
I know. It does look like it's like, really? This is going to cook something? All right. Yeah, it's well. basically like a space heater on its side that you turn into <laughs> an oven. Yeah. No, I, I have my doubts, but um, Lufa swears by it. He's like, I, basically he was saying if it was the only cooking device he had, I, th- I think he'd pick this over a microwave. So, Wow. wow. <laughs> All right. I, I don't know. The microwave is definitely a staple in my house. Yeah, I would not be able to live without a microwave. Well, okay, that's an exaggeration, but still, you know, microwave gets use. I think we'd probably all be much healthier without a microwave. You know, we probably would be. <laughs> all right. Excellent. Well, we look forward to your Presto Pizzazz Plus reports, Dave, when you get uh when you get, when you get some frozen food in your life. <laughs> yes, I'll definitely I'll throw it back up on the uh topics list when I have follow up follow offer. up. Yes, we'll oh, or uh, we've we've never had a guest before. We you can know, always. I, I like that idea. I'll, I'll let you uh, discuss it with him, and uh, if he wants to come on and talk about talk about it, I'm I'm, I'm game. Now we're going to move on. Carney's going to talk to us about some uh, some space news. Why don't you pick out what uh, pick out a couple that you're you're we've got a lot on our list, but uh, okay, I'll just do this in summary fashion, which is what I've been thinking about, and then there's one thing. T- more details okay first of all as we've had the don and kepler probes have gone dark the they basically both probes ran out of fuel which is sad but we've got years of data still for the scientists to go through what's the don probe and what's the kepler probe okay don probe is the asteroid mission it visited vesta and then moved on to Ceres and was orbiting Ceres for the last couple of years you know, basically mapping it out and doing basic science, since it's the first thing to visit either of those. And it basically ran out of fuel, and, you know, its mission got shut down. Is that all of these space probes need to have at least some fuel for maneuvering. It can be teeny tiny amounts that they use, but in the end, they run out of fuel, and then they have no way of positioning themselves or pretty much functioning in any useful fashion. So, you know, they just go off the grid. Kepler is the probe that was taking pictures of a section of the sky searching for exoplanets. And they've gone dark, but we've got lots of data to... But it was expected, I would Right, assume. yes, yes. Highly successful missions. Yeah, and these probes all have to carry... Basically, they have to carry enough fuel to use for their whole time when they launch, right? It's not like, yes. you, can, it's not like you can become solar-powered and... There's no, as far as I know, there's no way to turn solar power unless you have a solar sail. I guess there's no way to really turn solar power into thrust, right? Right. I um, mean, the Dawn, the Dawn probe was the first uh, major probe that had ion propulsion, but that still required reaction mass, and that was mm-hmm. really the main engine. The fuel that the probes ran out of is hydrazine, which was used in their attitude thrusters. Sure, and that was the same thing that uh, the uh, didn't the Voyager also have that. It it did, but it wasn't dependent on it for its mission because it's got reaction wheels, you know, basically gyroscopes that it can spin to change its attitude. And since it oh. the the Voyager probes aren't trying to maneuver, they're just trying need to stay keep their dish pointed at Earth. Um, as long as they've got power from their nuclear, um, I forget what it's called, the nuclear reactor. It's not a nuclear reactor, but call it a nuclear reactor. And as long as they've got power from that. Sure. Nuclear power. Yeah. They can maintain attitude control. All right. Cool. All right. So let's talk about uh, what's next on your list. 
uh, the Soyuz abort and when they, they failed to get the astronauts up to... Um, we talked about this. We talked about this on a previous episode. Yeah, I think so. And basically at that time, they hadn't come up with... Um, what the actual cause was and now it was a it was a failure in some minor thing that it was basically another quality control program out of russia you know they 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 mm. they, they failed to do things right and it caused an abort now the interesting one is january 1st the new horizons probe is going to make its approach on ultima fuel which is a body out in the out past pluto that they selected for a follow-up after the Pluto visit, and that is going to be um, that's going to be interesting because this is the the oldest and furthest out thing that we've ever visited, and there's no expectations of what the probe's going to reveal, but by the same token, it could be anything. It's interesting because of that. So you know, watch the news. What are some of the? Uh, this is going to come out. This podcast will probably be out after, actually, probably several weeks after January 1st of 2019. But what are, for my benefit, <laughs> what are some of the things that are, are, are floated as possibilities? Well, it's it's a Kuiper, I can't say the word. Kuiper belt? The, the belt beyond the, the main planets, where all the comets are. It's a primordial body, and it's basically go, a unheated comet is what they're thinking it is basically a ball of ice and dust that's just held together loosely by gravity and while we've we've closely visited a couple of comets they've all been comets that have gotten close to the sun and had chance to heat up and vent gases and basically be affected by the sun this is out there as far as anyone can tell it hasn't ever been anywhere but where it's at so this is a leftover stuff from the creation of the solar system that hasn't been cooked crushed knocked around etc so you know what what they're really hoping for is just to get a good read on what the composition of the early solar system was that's cool that's very cool or potentially very cool could be really boring too (laughs) it could be it'll be exciting for the scientists yeah as i say that's science for you yeah Last thing, Barnard Star. They have confirmed that Barnard Star, which is the fourth closest sun to the Earth, has got a planet. And given that they've already found, I believe, two planets in the Alpha Centauri system, which are the first, second, and third closest stars, that means that so far, the four closest stars to the Earth are have exoplanets, which is beginning to look like not only are they common, the, the the galaxy may be infested with planets. I mean, how big are these planets that we can actually see from Earth? I mean, are they do they all have to be the as big as like Jupiter and Saturn, or can we actually see planets the size of Earth on on distant stars? Well, they don't. They don't actually see these planets, right? They see the. Eff- they've seen a cut. They've actually seen a couple of them. Okay, I thought they saw the effect of them as they crossed, like in front of the sun, and then they. Yeah, most of them that is the case, but they some of the follow ups, they're getting better and better at it at a, a frightening pace. But to get back to the planet thing, all these things are planets by the important definition of a planet, which is something going around a star that's interesting. <laughs>
Now, to answer your question about size, is that confirmed planets, I think, range down from about a third the the Earth's mass all the way up to brown dwarfs, which is, I think, the current definition without being a panatic asshole for for a brown dwarf is about 25 Jupiter masses. Okay. Wow. So that's a big range then. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, yeah. a third of the Earth, there's a third of the size of the Earth is... About Mars. Sm- well... Uh, yeah, I was going to say, a little bit smaller than Mars, isn't it? Mm-mm. Mars is a third of, has uh, got a third the gravity and about a tenth the mass. So this stuff is actually a bit bigger than Mars, but they're more probably more Mars-like than they are Earth-like. All right. I want to talk about some other space stuff, um, and that's kind of a combination space and politics. Uh, there's a story that came out, uh, I think it was in November of 2018. NASA is concerned about the culture of inappropriateness at SpaceX, and I... I'm interested in this. Uh, it's a, you know, I, I think the legalization of weed can't happen soon enough. Yeah, exactly. And I think that I'm wondering, what do you guys, what do you guys think of that? Is that a, is that a problem? Is it not a problem? Is what, what, what do you get? What's your opinions? Indications I've got is is that the source of this is coming out of the administration, specifically the Jeff Sessions. Puritan factor is that they don't want the government having anything to do with the demon weed. You, you you realize Jeff Session would dearly love to go in and crush California and all the other Colorado and all the legalization states like bugs if he could figure out a way of getting away with it politically. Well, and and now he's of course not in power anymore. Well, true, he's no longer Attorney General, so he'll have to be reelected to the Senate. Which apparently he's thinking about for the 2020. Yeah, not happening. Alabama's (laughs) done with him. Yeah. Well, I think so. I think I think that's actually true. I think from what I've heard, there he's he's pissed off all the Trump supporters, and there's not enough of the other kind of Republicans in Alabama to matter. I really don't want to get too deep into actual politics, but I think this is interesting in that I think you know it seems like it's politically motivated. It's tough. Def- okay. Yeah, that's that was my that was my thought as well and I just wondered if you guys had I don't know. Do you have, so do you have any thoughts, Dave? Well, the political motivation sounds reasonable. I was wondering if it's just, you know, I mean, NASA I, I can't imagine NASA views uh SpaceX and so on as anything other than competition to their, you know, they held the limelight. So anything that comes up that they can kind of bring things down, you know, bring the light down on them and on, on SpaceX or whatever and bring it up on NASA. You know, it's, it's stand on your, you know, you, you, you elevate yourself by standing on somebody else to some degree. I wonder how much of it is that because, you know, it's not like Elon Musk is an actual engineer doing stuff. He's just the crazy. He's like the, he's like the front man of a band. Yeah. You have to separate out the engineers from the administrators at NASA, though. Well, but where did the, I mean, again, without having picked apart the article or looked into it in more depth, I don't know where this is coming from. Is it coming from the PR guy or is it, uh, you know, somebody, somebody throwing something out on Twitter? I think it's coming from um, Jim Bridenstine, isn't it? Who's the NASA administrator? 
um, possibly with some goosing from further up his command chain. But yeah, is right, that the, right. the, SpaceX is actually really popular with the rank and file NASA. It's the it's the administrators and political appointees who fit exactly into what Dave's saying about you know it's competition, right? Well, and aren't I mean? Aren't a lot of people who work at SpaceX now former NASA employees? I know I mean, at least I, some I of them this. are. Yeah, I mean, it feels like at the ground level, it's like they're all just like, who gives a shit? But anyway, are there other are there other legal activities that are disqualifying for the space program? I'm sure there must be. I, I was trying to think of some earlier, and I can't. Well, it depends what you mean by for the space. If you're going to be an astronaut, I imagine getting lit up on moonshine every (laughs) Friday is probably disqualifying. (laughs) Yeah. If on the other hand, you're the guy, if you're the guy selling um, souvenirs at the NASA gift shop, (laughs) I imagine they really don't care how many jars of moonshine. (laughs) Yeah. That's what makes this whole thing with SpaceX so strange is that, you know, I have never heard of a NASA inquiry into a culture of inappropriateness at any company that they've ever done business to, including some pretty sketchy ones. So that's that more than anything else makes this whole thing reek to high heaven of politics. All right. Well, good. I'm glad we solved that problem. Um, we're getting close to our, our, our limit here, and I know Dave has some very exciting uh, what's been good this fortnight stuff uh, <laughs> to tell us about. So, Dave... Tell us what's been good for you this fortnight. Well, the uh, the discovery that uh, dextromethorphan hydrobromide actually uh, works again for me now is literally you know that's brightened my day for the last several weeks. You <laughs> say that like a person who's studied chemistry, Dave. Say say that again. I just want to hear you say those words. Uh, dextromethorphan hydrobromide. Oh, it gives me chills. That's not chemistry, by the way. <laughs> well. <laughs> What what exactly does that do for for those of us who are not? Uh, oh, it's it's a it's it, well it's it's the standard uh, cough suppressant that's available to purchase without a prescription, and it was seem seemingly completely useless to me for years, and I was uh, having such a cough problem around the. Uh, I don't know, December 8 or so, and I thought, what the heck, I'll just try it. And I think I drank it, and I think about seven minutes later, I noticed a change. So how much of that was placebo? Hard to say, but I was just shocked. Nice. Wonderful. All right, Carney, why don't you tell us about your drug that's been giving you some some happiness this fortnight? Ah, yeah, same condition, different, different dosing pathway. <laughs> mine is, <laughs> mine is um, this excellent dark beer that the local brewery called Gate City Brewing produces. And unlike a lot of these brew pubs, dark beers, which I consider mostly horse food, this is actually a German style Dunkel beer. It's slightly sweet, not very bitter at all, nice and. It's got a nice head to it. It's just a good dark beer. And it does a lot to make my throat feel better after coughing. I don't believe in dextromorphan hydrogen bromide, by the way. <laughs> you don't believe it exists or you don't doesn't work for you? 
I don't believe in it. Every time that's basically Robitussin. <laughs> it's not a religion. What does that mean? It means every time I take Robitussin, I feel I can't feel my feet, and I <laughs> I feel I just feel very very strange. Well, as I'm often reminded, we're all our own unique chemistry sets in our bodies here, aren't we? Yes, my preferred medication is hops and alcohol. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I that sounds really good. I like dark beers that are slightly sweet. So, when I next time I'm in Atlanta, we'll go down to Gate City Brewing. Oh yeah, yeah, excellent. Um, so, and mine, uh, I got a lovely new gift from my wife. Uh, an Apple Pencil for my new Apple uh, iPad Pro, and uh, the new pencil is wonderful. I've been using it to edit podcasts, and it's really good to edit the old podcasts with. You just kind of put the pencil down, and you swipe over something, and all of a sudden, Dave's coughs are no longer in the podcast. So we've, we're all benefiting from that. <laughs> Although, actually, you're making more coughing noises tonight than Dave is. I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> I started in on my beer a little too late, I think. <laughs> You're just going to need a bigger pencil for Carney. That's, that's it, exactly. Anyway, that's it. Great. Thanks, guys. That's it for our podcast tonight. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, we are at Dedicated Nerds on Twitter. That's or you can, of course, email us. We, we're old, so we still use email. DedicatedNerds at gmail.com. So uh, thanks, guys. Thanks, Carney. Thank you. And thank you, Dave. It has been a pleasure. Thank you. Wonderful. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you all soon. Bye.